With two new coordinators and a handful of new assistant coaches, the Chicago Bears coaching staff now has a wider network of connections to upcoming free agents that the team could pursue this offseason. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Bears on all of your favorite social media platforms, including the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, where you can keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. On the show today, we talk about the biggest story of the Bears offseason so far. Justin Fields unfollows the Chicago Bears on Instagram. Oh, no. No, don't turn the podcast off. Just kidding. We're not. Why are we talking about? Why would we talk about Justin Fields, follow, what, who he follows on a social media account? I, I hate that we're at the point of the offseason where that was a big story Monday night. Who Fields follows on Instagram? You're not going to get that kind of garbage here on Locked on Bears. Today, we're looking at upcoming free agents that the Bears have some extra connection to with the coaches on their staff having worked with these free agents previously in their careers that might make the Bears more likely to sign these players or make it more likely that these players want to come to the Chicago Bears to work with coaches and systems that they might be a little bit more familiar with. We'll start with the defense and go go through not only some current Buffalo Bills that new defensive coordinator Eric Washington coached, but also some former Buffalo Bills that also have some other coaching staff connections and other players connected to Bears assistants that aren't just recent Buffalo Bills players. Then we'll turn our attention to the offense, where it's the same story. A lot of former Seattle Seahawks that worked with new Bears offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, but also some guys who worked with other Bears assistants and on other teams besides the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll wrap up looking at the Bears' options for a potential veteran quarterback this offseason. We'll start that conversation about what they might want or what they should go after as far as pairing someone with Tyson Bagent, presumably to be behind Caleb Williams, if not Justin Fields. But let's start with the defensive free agents because that's where I'm expecting more of the focus from Ryan Poles. We talk a lot about this Bears team needing defensive linemen. It was a big part of the podcast we did yesterday. If you didn't listen to it, going through some of the biggest team needs and they can fill some of those big needs on the defensive line with former Buffalo Bills that were coached by new Bears defensive coordinator Eric Washington when he was the defensive line coach for the Buffalo Bills for the last three or four seasons. You look, the the Bills have a surprisingly like long list of upcoming free agents, mostly on the defensive line, headlined perhaps by former Chicago Bears first-round pick Leonard Floyd, who spent last season with the Bills and maybe a potential reunion with the Chicago Bears and with his defensive line coach. He had a pretty decent season last year, although... 31 years old, you know, not a young defensive end, but more affordable than a Daniel Hunter and some of the other top defensive ends on the market. Other edge rushers from Buffalo, including A.J. Epinesa and Shaq Lawson, both were 
highly touted draft picks for them. Lawson, a first-round pick. Epineza, a second-round pick. Neither one has fully developed into, like, you know, starting caliber guy that you love on the outside. You know, neither one would I feel like, ah, yes, that's the perfect complement to go with Montez Sweat. And even, you know, Leonard Floyd would be a, a, a very short-term potential complement there. But, like, Epineza had a career-high six-and-a-half sacks each of the last two seasons as a rotational guy, but he's never really been able to take that next step and look like a true, like, every down, st- like, starting caliber defensive end edge rusher in the NFL. He looks like a guy who's maybe best suited in that rotational role. And the Bears could use a rotational pass rusher, sure, but maybe also need more of a true starting caliber guy. And Shaq Lawson, even lower on the totem pole right now, a guy whose career is pretty well dropped off. He was a little bit more of an end-of-the-bench guy for Buffalo after being a first-round pick for them back in 2016. But a lot of familiarity with this coaching staff. Less for a couple years, came back the last couple seasons. Again, not a guy I would want to rely on as a starter, but if Eric Washington really believes in him and wants to keep trying to develop him, there's certainly some some strong connections there. On the defensive interior, a veteran defensive tackle in Dequan Jones, who's also on the older side at 32, but a productive interior pass rusher for them, someone who could be a short-term option for the Bears there. Or backups like Jordan Phillips at, at age 31 is more of an older veteran. Tim Settle's an interesting younger piece there. Again, not a guy that I think fills like the big need of, of your top flight interior pass rusher type, but a guy who spent the last two seasons working with Eric Washington and had five sacks, you know, three or four years ago in Washington. Uh, again, rotational interior defensive guy. Sure. You have to throw out Puna Ford as well, who was a backup for the Bills this season, but was a starter with the Seattle Seahawks for the previous five seasons in his career. Never like a heavy sack guy, but, you know, obviously has some slight Shane Waldron connections to Seattle. Also, the Bears safety coach, Andre Curtis, coached the defense in Seattle for a few seasons. So there's some Seahawks connection there, some Buffalo Bills connections there. And I believe he spent 2021... Oh no, no mind. I'm I'm, thinking, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Puna Ford has the has the the Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills connection there. The guy who's got a lot of connections here that I was getting ahead of myself here. A name I'm circling as a target that I would. I'm not that I'm saying I'm going to say I would expect the Bears to sign, but there's a player who's coached who's played for a lot of these Bears coaches in a few different stops that all makes a lot of sense as someone who could be a fit in Chicago, and it's Quinton Jefferson. Free agent most recently coming from the New York Jets this past season. He's about to turn 31, so more of a a veteran guy. But last season, he was with the Seattle Seahawks and, you know, I guess Shane Waldron of sorts. Two seasons ago, he was with the Las Vegas Raiders, where current Chicago Bears defensive line coach Justin Smith was the assistant defensive line coach. He was a starter at three-technique pass rusher for them. The year before that, Buffalo Bills with Eric Washington. And before that, he was with the Seattle Seahawks even more again with Andre Curtis and some of the other Seahawks coaches coming over. So like you've got four or five key bears coaches on both sides of the ball that have at the very least been on the same team as Quinton Jefferson to know what he's like in the locker room and on the sideline. And then your defensive coordinator and your defensive line coach have both coached him at previous stops. He's never been, you know, a a 10 sack guy, but he had a career high six sacks this past season with the New York jets He's the kind of guy who would be more affordable than like a Chris Jones, but, you know, can give you a little bit more of a pass rush than Justin Jones has given you. And maybe he's not so great that he's going to keep 
Javon Dexter off the field, but in a rotation, he can be the veteran and Dexter can be the rookie. And both of those guys can maybe, maybe you can get five or six sacks out of each of them and put together a decent interior pass rush between the two of them. That's definitely a guy I, I have. I'm really curious to see if the Bears go after and make a priority. I don't think he'll be that expensive, but, you know, he'll have some interest in free agency, but might be that nice sort of second tier pass rusher type or maybe even third tier, depending on how the market goes, as, a pair, as opposed to the guys that are really, really high up at the top. Quickly, a couple other free agent names, not on the defensive line, but that have connections to this Bears coaching staff. I just want to throw out so it's on everybody's radar. Linebacker Shaq Lawson. We know how great he was for the Colts early in his playing career. Dropped off, but was playing for Matt Eberflus and linebackers coach Matt Morganzi, specifically for, I think, four seasons there. This last year, he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, he, he's certainly declined a lot this at this stage of his career, and he wouldn't be coming to Chicago as a starter. But if he would come as a backup to Edmonds and Edwards to give you some depth with experience that has experience in this Bears defense, I'd certainly kick the tires on Shaq Leonard if he'd take that type of role in Chicago. And then a safety option that probably won't be a high-priority type guy, but a name to keep an eye on, even if it's just for depth. Uh, probably not somebody you've heard of, but Jalen Hawkins. Started for the Chargers this past season and had previously been a starter for the Atlanta Falcons where Bears secondary coach John Hoke was the secondary coach coaching him with the Atlanta Falcons. To me, he's a below average starter. So like not a, yes, he's your Eddie Jackson replacement, but he could come and compete, could come and provide depth, a name with some familiarity to at least the position coach that coached him in Atlanta now would potentially be able to coach him in Chicago. Those are the main defensive names I look at with connections to this Bears coaching staff. I want to turn our attention to the offense where there's plenty of tight ends, a couple of running backs, at least one offensive lineman and, and a, a couple offensive linemen actually, and, and a quarterback or two that we need to talk about as well next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at Game Time, the best way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events. Of course, all of your sporting games are on there, but then you've got comedy shows, theater shows, concerts, any kind of live event. They've got it at Game Time. I use Game Time regularly, and it helps me save money because they got all-in pricing, so you're not getting hit with fees or anything at the end. I actually am spending less getting my tickets on Game Time than I am going directly through the venues that I'm going to see these shows. And they also have some great flash deals and last-minute ticket deals to make sure you're always getting the best price for your seat. And you can view your view from the seat before you buy your tickets. It's a great way to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account and redeem that code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're expecting Eric Washington to bring some Buffalo, at least one Buffalo Bills defensive lineman with him to Chicago. I don't know that I'm equally expecting Shane Waldron to bring a Seattle Seahawk with him to Chicago, but there's a lot of players, or let me say some really key players at positions of need for the Chicago Bears offense that you would think Waldron and the staff would get at least one of these guys. They might just not be immediately former Seattle Seahawks or not guys who are just on the Seahawks this past season, but do have a past history with Waldron and maybe some of the other assistant coaches on this Bears coaching staff. Let's start with the exact recent former Seattle Seahawks here. 
there there are three guys who were Seattle Seahawks just this past season, and then a couple other guys who were recent Seattle Seahawks that I want to go through. We talked a little bit earlier on the on the Cody Whitehair when Cody Whitehair got released. We talked on that podcast about the Seahawks center Evan Brown being a guy who, who was only their center for this season, so not a long history with Shane Waldron, but still Waldron's starting center this past season. I think he was average at best, and I think Seahawks fans and the Seahawks as an organization are probably looking to upgrade a little bit from Evan Brown, so it's not as though like he's a home run signing to plug in in the middle of your offensive line. But at the same time, there's some value to having a veteran center who is experienced with your system. I'd like to ideally aim a little higher, but as a backup plan or maybe just true purely a backup, Evan Brown could be a nice signing up front on your offensive line. There's also a couple of Seattle Seahawks tight ends hitting free agency this year, plus a former Seahawks tight end. And I imagine one of these three guys might be a potential priority for the Bears. The two who are currently, or I guess were just most recently Seattle Seahawks, are Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson. And then the big name, or the bigger name of the three, then is Gerald Everett, who previously played for the San Francisco, or excuse me, for the Seattle Seahawks, and prior to that, played for the Los Angeles Rams, where also Shane Waldron was coaching. So Noah Fant spent the last two seasons in Seattle after being with the Denver Broncos earlier in his career. Didn't quite have the same production in Seattle, but also had much better wide receivers ahead of him on the depth chart, and definitely a, a starting caliber tight end who you definitely, you know, would play a significant amount of snaps. Like he's not going to, you're not going to, you know, bench Cody, or I mean, Cole Komet, excuse me. You're not going to bench Cole Komet per se, but you're going to find playing time for both of those guys if someone like Noah Fant is willing to come to Chicago. Whereas Colby Parkinson was more like, you know, the number three type tight end in their offense because they also had Will Disley as their number two. But but Parkinson was a little bit better than I think you might think of a regular number three tight end. He had 250 yards this season, 300 yards the year before, a couple of touchdowns. So he's a guy who can contribute to your offense. I think he seems to me like the it's kind of the cheapest, easiest, obvious potential. Yeah, Bears need a backup tight end, but don't necessarily need a starter. Parkinson is a guy who has four years of experience with, not, not all four years with Shane Waldron, but three years with Shane Waldron and four years in the Seattle Seahawks offense. Like it would make a lot of sense for someone like that to come with him to be a potential backup here for Cole Komet. The most intriguing one, though, is Gerald Everett, who... Spent the last two seasons with the Chargers, but prior to that was one year in Seattle and four years with the Rams. All four years in the Rams with Shane Waldron, where he was passing game coordinator and such. Then one year in the Seahawks offense with Shane Waldron as the offensive coordinator. And he's been a 400, 500-yard tight end every year. Not like a top-flight guy, but a guy who you feel like is a, a high-end number two tight end or maybe a low-end number one tight end. But like ideally, I think a number two. Like I think this past season in, in Los Angeles, the past couple seasons, like they tried to make him more of a number one in that offense. And I don't think it's quite a role. I mean, he, he rose to it a little bit, but it feels like he could be so much better suited, like as a number two behind Cole Komet in Chicago. Like I, I would love if the bears got through free agency with tight end, with Cole Komet as your number one tight end, Gerald Everett as your number two and Colby Parkinson as your number three, like sign those guys. That's an all around solid tight end group that I feel like gives you some different versatility there. Guys that can line up in different spots, have some blocking ability as well. and just feels like an upgrade over what the Bears had last season. I'd still consider bringing back Mercedes Lewis too, but I, I like those guys as, as like some Waldron guys to pair with Cole Komet that you already like at your tight end position there. So I, I think right away you can find some intriguing options like there. The other former Seattle Seahawk in this conversation as far as the skill position goes is running back Rashad Penny 
who was a first round first round pick for them a couple of seasons ago, spent this last season with the Philadelphia Eagles and didn't really quite, you know, step up into like a huge productive season. They were kind of hoping for maybe a little bit more, but still a guy who I think has uh, a lot of value if the Bears want to add one more guy into this backfield. Yeah, Penny really didn't do really didn't do much at all with Philadelphia this season, but with Shane Waldron, he's been a 750-yard rusher and, and had injury issues kind of throughout his career. And that's where I feel like the Bears are a better fit for him, where he could be the number three. This year's Deontay Foreman, right? Where you still got Herbert, still got Roshan Johnson, and anything you get from Penny would be extra. But again, familiarity, some some different playmaking ability there, and you know you don't need him to be healthy because if he gets hurt, you still have pretty good depth at that spot. But keep in mind also that the other Bears backup running back, Travis Homer, is also a former Seattle Seahawk who worked with Shane Waldron and the Bears running backs coach in Seattle. So maybe they'll view Travis Homer as the number three and don't really, it might not feel that need to go out and address the running back position with anybody else, with anybody at least significant in free agency and might just roll with those guys as your top three and maybe add an undrafted free agent to give you some more depth there. We'll see. But the Rashad Penny connections are definitely strong on that group. And so that's why I thought it's important to mention them if the Bears do want to go out and get a potential running back here. The wide receiver name I want to throw out here is not a former Seattle Seahawk, but does have connections to Shane Waldron. And that is Josh Reynolds. We talk about the Bears looking for, you know, number two slash number three wide receivers. We talked about yesterday on the podcast, talking about the team needs, need, need more depth behind DJ Moore. Josh Reynolds was a fourth round pick by the Rams in 2017, spent four seasons there before he ended up with the Titans and then the Detroit Lions is where he spent the last two seasons. And I think this year was kind of his best year or one of his best years of his career in Detroit. Had about 600 yards and five touchdowns on 40 catches this season. Not the number one. I mean, obviously behind Amon Ross St. Brown and when Jamison Williams was back, like the number three really behind those guys. But that could be the kind of role he could come to Chicago and be not the featured weapon and maybe not even the second weapon, but a good, of like kind of a high-end number three or a low-end number two, ideally in Chicago, a high-end number three, but at worst, a, a low-end number two who could be a little bit more affordable maybe than some of the top number two wide receivers set to hit the open market, but definitely some really strong connections there with Waldron and with, you know, this Sean McVay system that they'll know better than anybody what Josh Reynolds might be able to bring them as a potential free agent there. I'll, I'll throw in a non-Shane Waldron connection here for a free agent player. If the Bears want to swing for an, some offensive tackle, left tackle competition, that's not the ninth overall pick, but say they want to bring in just somebody to compete with Braxton Jones at left tackle and loser becomes the backup and it's probably going to be the free agent because Braxton Jones is still playing well, but you know why not go pursue a guy? How about Chikuma Okorafor from the Pittsburgh Steelers? They just released him as a salary cap casualty. And, you know, I think over his Pittsburgh career, Definitely a mixed bag, and I think they were a little happy to be able to move on from him. Not a guy that you come in and think, oh, man, there's your surefire upgrade at left tackle, but, you know, let him compete, and in all likelihood, he becomes your backup to Braxton Jones. But Okorafor was coached by Bears offensive line coach Chris Morgan back in 2021 when Morgan was coaching offensive line in Pittsburgh. So there's a connection there as far as an offensive tackle depth piece that the Bears could add and call it competition for Braxton Jones, but most likely Braxton Jones is the better left tackle and is going to win that, but still gives you much, much more experienced backup there than what you have right now in Larry Borum. So there's where I think the Bears can find some familiar offensive free agents as well that 
might be intriguing and you'd be feel a little more comfortable signing them than just, you know, a completely random free agent that you've never worked with before. There are also a couple of quarterbacks in this conversation that the Bears coaching staff has worked with before that the Bears want to go with a more of a veteran backup option to pair with Tyson Bagent, likely behind Caleb Williams. But, you know, I guess still could be Justin Fields, but probably Caleb Williams. There's some connections here. And I think there's two approaches the Bears could take at quarterback this offseason in terms of whether you truly want to get like a number two veteran or a number three veteran and really trust Tyson Bagent. We'll kind of go through what the different options are, including, I guess, a potential bridge quarterback for your number one overall pick next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets automatically with any winning $5 bet. So you bet $5 on any kind of spread, prop bet, over, under, money line, you name it, $5 bet, and you win. Not only do you get the winnings for your $5 bet, but then you get $150 in bonus bets added to your account on top of those winnings. And you can use those bonus bets on anything, NFL draft, prop bets, free agency prop bets right around the corner. I mean, the football betting doesn't stop in the offseason, but you've also got baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis, hockey, boxing, golf. I mean, you name it, they have it at FanDuel. So get your $150 in bonus bets by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and NFL. The Chicago Bears went into last offseason making a veteran backup quarterback a priority for Justin Fields. They lucked into Tyson Bagent being the much better option and you know released P.J. Walker in the preseason, or before week one even. But clearly there was a plan last offseason saying, hey, let's get a veteran backup for Justin Fields. And now that Tyson Bagent looks like a, a quality backup quarterback in the NFL, maybe there's not as much of a focus or an emphasis or a desire there, but maybe with a rookie like Caleb Williams most likely coming in, then there's, again, more of a priority. Like if it's Justin Fields, you probably just go Fields and Bagent again. But if it's a rookie number one overall pick, do you want his only backup to be a second-year former undrafted free agent? Or would you rather have someone in there that has been around the block a little bit more, seen more from NFL defenses, had more just general NFL experiences, maybe played in more NFL systems, and seen just seen more to be able to provide that sort of wisdom and, and coaching from the from the quarterback room as that extra voice in Caleb Williams' ear? And you look at the Bears' new coaching staff, they got some connections to some veteran quarterbacks. And I think there's a couple of different ways to approach this. But let's start with let's start with the connections, and then we'll go more broadly to the quarterback conversation. First of all, Drew Locke spent the last few seasons with the Seattle Seahawks, came there as part of the, the Russell Wilson trade. So Shane Waldron has coached him for a few seasons. Your quarterback's coach, Kerry Joseph, has coached him for a few seasons. Other coaches on this Bears staff worked with him over those few seasons. I don't know if Drew Locke would want to come to Chicago and, you know, be a backup to a Caleb Williams where you're never really going to have a shot to start. I mean, unless there's an injury, whereas maybe even in Seattle, you feel like it's always still kind of a competition that Geno Smith could drop off and Drew Locke could get another shot there. I mean, you never know. Or maybe Drew Locke would rather go to a team where it could be more of a competition or he could have a more of a clear path toward a potential starting opportunity and not just be a backup. 
But if he if the quarterback market plays out and he's still left where there's no starting jobs left, would you rather you know go to some other new team or maybe stick with the offensive coordinator that you seem to like or the, the quarterback coach? I mean, if you like them in Seattle and you want to keep sticking with them, that can be a valuable spot for his career. And that doesn't mean you know you're giving up on Tyson Bagent at all, but having a more veteran quarterback there that's been on multiple teams and seen a lot of different things for a quarterback can be very valuable there. The other the other name we'll throw out there is Blaine Gabbert. Not a direct, like, coached by Shane Waldron type connection here, but the interesting thing for Blaine Gabbert is, I mean, yes, he spent the last season or two, no, just this past season with the Kansas City Chiefs, so there's, I guess, a loose Ryan Poles connection there, but Blaine Gabbert played with the Bears tight ends coach, Jim Dre, for two seasons, the 49ers in 2016 and the Arizona Cardinals in 2017. Now, is that enough for the Bears to, like, go ahead over heels to go out and get him. And I mean, maybe not on its own, but it's, it's something, it's some kind of connection more than just a random street free agent quarterback. Gabbard is now 34. will turn 35 in the next season. It's hard to believe he's been in the NFL for 12 seasons now, but he's been around the block. He knows what it's like to be a first round pick as a quarterback for things to not work out as that first round pick to bounce around the NFL. He's played in a bunch of different systems. And not that I would be like super confident in Blaine Gabbard coming in the game and leading you to a victory, but as that sort of like QB coach type guy who's worked with Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams gets those comparisons perhaps unfairly to Patrick Mahomes, but you know, he's worked with that style of quarterback before. Like I think there could be some arguments made in favor of a Blaine Gabbert being brought into Chicago, but really like it's this question of, okay, with, with Caleb Williams as a rookie, do you just want, uh, you know, a veteran to be a third string kind of guy to just be a, experienced voice in the room as like an extra quarterbacks coach, or do you want a higher end veteran that could even be a bridge quarterback? If you wanted to have the conversation, do you sit Caleb Williams for a little while and start, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett, that kind of, or I mean, the guy who has bridge in his name, Teddy bridge water, maybe Tyrod Taylor, like one of these types of quarterbacks that are not, you know, they're not surefire starting caliber NFL quarterbacks. So they'll be available for a role like this, but it would be an opportunity for them to get some games and for Caleb Williams to sit and watch on the bench. I think we need to have a longer, you know, conversation about whether that would be reasonable. I mean, you don't really see that for number one overall picks very much, although Baker Mayfield sat for the first handful of games of his rookie season. And I think there were a couple of other top quarterback picks that did that as well. I don't have the list in front of me, but I was looking this up a couple a week or so ago, and there a few early number one pick type quarterbacks have sat for a few games. I think it was Sam Bradford might have been the other one, but Bradford and Mayfield, I think, are the last two number one overall picks to sit and didn't did not start week one. They both started during the rookie season, but not week one. And if the Bears trade Justin Fields, you know, you, you probably, I don't think they would want to start Tyson Bagent in that spot. I would feel like they'd rather start a veteran quarterback, but you know, that's where a Drew Locke could be a nice bridge there with experience in the offensive system. So there's not really a learning curve there. Like, you know, I think that's a, a, a conversation that we need to take more time on, on a future podcast, but I wanted to go through some of the connections here, or if you just wanted to go through, okay, bring in a guy who's going to be a number two slash number three, who's not a really a threat to start, but just has more experience. I mean, a, a Sam Darnold from the 49ers is out there. I mean, Josh Dobbs from the Vikings, Easton stick potentially from the chargers. Although I think stick might be a exclusive rights free agent and not fully available. I got to double check that. But the one name I want to throw out, I want to throw out a crazy idea for you that when you first say it, it doesn't sound, it's not that your immediate reaction is no way. But then 
Like the longer I, 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 can, I can talk myself into it. Like I still think it's a no way. But the Pittsburgh Steelers released Mitch Trubisky. And right away, it's like, wait, no way. You can't, you can't bring back Mitch Trubisky. But at the same time, the, the, the one thing I'm stuck on here, like I don't think Mitch Trubisky is like a really good quarterback that the Bears can bring in and he would be really you know great for them. But like he's a guy who knows what it's like to be a number two overall pick as a Chicago quarterback. And I just can't help but wonder if that perspective off the field, honestly, more than anything, would be valuable for Caleb Williams to bring in a guy who knows what it's like when the entire weight and pressure of the city is on your shoulders. And any mistake you make is going to be magnified, and anything you do great is going to be praised like the second coming. And Mitch knows what it's like to go through that. And obviously he went through that unsuccessfully, but like he's been there and can relate to what Caleb would be going through through the ups and downs of whatever his early Bears career is with all that pressure to be the savior of the franchise. Like, I feel like signing Mitch would have, would create such like a noise, you know, and like there's not a QB controversy because no one would be thinking Mitch would start. So it's not quite the same as like keeping fields, right? Where it's like, oh, well, there's going to be people who love Justin and people who love Caleb. Like you're not gonna have a lot of Mitch supporters who are team Mitch over Caleb. So like, I, I feel like it, it could work, but it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like, how could you bring back Mitch Trubisky? Wouldn't that be awkward? I mean, it was a previous general manager, it was a previous coach. You know what I mean? It's, 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 we're a couple generations, but not a couple of generations, but we're like a generation of Bears roster and front office turnover from Trubisky. So it'd be kind of a fresh start with the Bears purely as a backup. I mean, he's got the experience. He's got the familiarity with how to manage the city, how to manage, I mean, everything else around being the quarterback in Chicago. And he's not the worst backup quarterback in the world. Like, it sounds crazy. I'm not like advocating for it per se. But I'm really intrigued by it, and I would love to hear what you think. If you think Mitch Trubisky would be a valuable backup for Caleb Williams or too much of a weird, awkward kind of distraction there, let us know in the comments on the Lockdown Bears YouTube video here, or you can tweet us at Lockdown Bears or post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. However you do it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Looking for, if you're looking for a second listen today, check out the Locked On NFL podcast. I guess it's going to be tomorrow's Locked On NFL. I will be a guest, on, a guest host on Locked On NFL tomorrow, and I was a guest interviewee on Locked On NFL on Monday. And I think Today, I'm on Lockdown Sports today. I've been doing a lot of the national Lockdown NFL shows. So I think I was on Monday's Lockdown NFL. I'm on Tuesday's Lockdown Sports Today podcast. And then I'll be on Wednesday's Lockdown NFL podcast again. So lots of lots of Lauren talking Chicago Bears across the Lockdown Podcast Network. But you got to come back tomorrow for Lockdown Bears. We'll be joined by Clay Harbor, the former NFL tight end. We'll be talking ninth overall pick and pretty much everything but quarterback controversy in Chicago. So come on back for that. And you have to come back for another opportunity to bear down.